Let's hear about the wonderful people that support this podcast. Are you spending more time managing your accounting than you are managing your team? Maybe it's time to bring on a professional to help you. Michelle Trotz and her team are an accounting and consulting firm that specializes in contract accounting, outsourced CFO, and consulting services. They give you the time that you need to focus on operating your organization. Give the Michelle Trotz CPA, CFE, PLLC firm a call today to schedule your free consultation at 828-280-2530. Again, that's 828-280-2530. You don't have to run your organization alone. Michelle Trotz is your partner in accounting. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Building Teams with Teams & Co. This week, we are really excited to welcome a special guest, Krista Covey, the president of First Flight Venture Center. Krista, thanks for joining Mike and I on this week's episode. Absolutely. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you, Krista. Likewise. Great to see you both. Krista, maybe we can just kick off by uh, giving our listeners a little bit of an introduction to who you are, what you know, who First Flight is, and, and sort of your journey to becoming the president of First Flight. Sure. Uh, so I will give you an overview of First Flight and uh, tell you how I got here. So First Flight is um, at our core a business incubator, but I affectionately refer to us as an innovation hub because we do so much more than just incubation. Um, but we focus on what we call high science, high impact startup companies. And uh, science is pretty broad. Um, so when I say we serve science companies, it could be under the life science umbrella with biotech or ag tech. We also serve clean tech, um, hardware, software. It could be uh, someone that's also working on solving a, a big problem that humanity faces. Uh, so, you know, changing the face of vaccines, you know, going forward, you know, solving, yeah. solving diseases, curing cancer, solving big problems that humanity faces. And so we have different ways of serving our entrepreneurs from the very earliest stages uh, where they come to us and say, you know, First, I've got a napkin sketch and idea. I've been a researcher. I've been in the labs for many years at my you know, university, and I really think there's commercial potential. And so we have different programs to, to help them get to their uh, next level of success. And so um, that's a big part of what we do. We also provide a lot of education on how to start, launch, grow a business. Uh, we have some wonderful mentors. Uh, to also help us walk our entrepreneurs through that journey to success. Uh, and we also uh, make it a priority in conjunction with the business acumen, you know, the education piece, um, to provide a platform for community. Uh, so the entrepreneurial journey is, is a long road, and sometimes it's very lonely. And so having a community of support, people who have been there and done it before, or that are going through it themselves, it's really nice to be around that uh, that environment. Um, and then we also pride ourselves in helping entrepreneurs gain access to funding opportunities. So funding could be from 
non-dilutive funding source through federal agencies, and we help them get uh, some grants, especially through SBIR and STTR. So these are from the federal agencies. There's over 20 of them, um, like National Science Foundation, NIH, DOD, DOE, and other entities like that. They have pools of money through the SBIR and STTR buckets. And uh, so we help our entrepreneurs write and win those grants with our partner, Eva Garland Consulting, and her team. Uh, And then we also help entrepreneurs get investment dollars through angels or venture capitalists. Uh, We help them actually put together their pitch, so which includes business model, financial model, path the market, and teach them how to present well uh, so that they can be as competitive as possible. And then the other piece is, and you know, it's nice to have free grant money. It's nice to have investment dollars, uh, but we also want to help companies get their first customer as well. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things that we do uh, at First Flight to ensure that our companies are as successful as possible. And then we also have a advanced prototyping facility called Hangar 6, uh, which is full of wonderful equipment laser cutters, 3D printers, CNC mills, wood shop, welding shop, you name it. And uh, we have a, an industrial designer to help entrepreneurs, again, get from a napkin sketch to a functional prototype. So that's, that's a little bit about First Flight uh, and some of our programs. So you're not very busy at all, Krista. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. My 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 def or my uh, when when somebody asks me if I'm ever bored or whatever, I don't even remember what it's like to be bored. <laughs> yeah. And not that I would want it that way. <laughs> totally, totally. I've heard it said you'd rather be busy than bored, but a little bit of boredom now and then is is not a bad thing. That's right. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. What is this word again? <laughs> right. Now, Krista, you're you're relatively, I mean, new is maybe not the right term, but you've just joined First Flight in the last couple of years. So maybe you could share a little bit kind of around your journey to getting to First Flight and, you know, maybe a few stops along the way, just so our listeners kind of have that full breadth of your background. You've a You've a really interesting background and a lot of experience in the entrepreneurial space. So I think that'd be a good lead into our discussion. Oh, sure. So I'm originally from the Chicago area, but I grew up in Florida. And uh, my undergrad is actually in business and marketing. Uh, and then I went right into finance. So I went into uh, finance and eventually started my own firm, which was sold, thankfully, before the economic downturn, but also spent some time in corporate and commercial lending. So I was a, I like to refer to myself as a recovering banker. <laughs> and uh, uh, that was a really great experience. I, I you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but I was able to serve other entrepreneurs. And it was really interesting because, um, you know, was, I was in banking and uh, serving entrepreneurs in the good times and the really bad times. You know, we in, in 2008, 2009, you know, a lot of, uh, especially longtime family-owned companies were closing down, laying people. I was really tough. So I worked very closely with a local economic development organization and used them as a tool in my tool belt to help the entrepreneurs that I was serving just manage their operations and, and uh, stay true to to the organization and, and try to preserve as many employees as possible. So did that and, and really enjoyed economic development, uh, really enjoyed working with entrepreneurs. And so I, I found my calling in place when I joined an economic development organization in the Tampa Bay area in Florida. 
and uh, was very fortunate to not only work with companies that were relocating or expanding to the area, but uh, able to start up the entrepreneurial support organizations there. So I had a network of people that wanted to serve or were serving entrepreneurs in some way, but they weren't necessarily talking to each other. Uh, in, in many cases, they were actually fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we all got together, we got in the same boardroom and said, hey, we all have this goal in mind to serve entrepreneurs. We know that it's important for our community, for the economy. How can we best work together? And so we started doing that. And that led to, well, what do entrepreneurs need? Well, they need the place, they need community, they need funding and a whole host of other things. And so I wound up starting a fund, a revolving loan fund in Florida for startups, even after I swore I'd never go into lending again. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, started uh, one and then one incubator in, in Pasco County, Florida, and then a second location and never looked back. I mean, it was just a wonderful experience working with entrepreneurs and an incubation. And then I was recruited to San Antonio, Texas, and worked for a foundation uh, called the Texas Research Technology Foundation. And so uh, they were focused on serving life science startups as a way to support economic development initiatives in, in San Antonio. And there was a big real estate component to that, but also was fortunate to um, help launch a incubator, global accelerator. Uh, There was also a fund. And what's really interesting is that uh, they had a research park that was modeled after the Research Triangle Park. Cool. Uh, So I always found that sort of ironic. And here I am today at First Flight in the Research Triangle (laughs) Park. And and I've loved it ever since. That's awesome. I um actually when I moved to the area to the Raleigh Durham area, I, I remember going to First Flight and I'd been recommended there by a, you know, a couple of folks who had met networking and the first lunch I attended there kind of goes to your original description of First Flight because I remember having three or four of those, you know, those quick networking conversations like, "Oh, what do you do? What do you, you know, ha- do you work out of here at First Flight?" And the range of topics was so amazingly broad. It was like, you know, reverse water osmosis and, you know, solutions to HIV and a million other topics. But I just remember sitting there and, and uh, one of my friends walked up and I said, you know, I've, I don't think I've ever been in a place where you can have so many super interesting conversations within a 15 minute span. Like we just, we were all just kind of on the pizza line and this is a couple of years ago, but uh, we're all just kind of getting, getting our lunch and getting ready to sit down for the speaker and it was just one of those amazing experiences where the the pre very informal chit chat mm-hmm. was so interesting that I was like, and then we went into the speaker and the speaker was even more interesting, but it was just one of those really interesting dynamics because you don't always get that, right? You don't always have this wide breadth of different activities that are so interesting happening all in one place. And so maybe you could just, you know, as we kind of think about teams, uh, you know, First Flight builds this amazing community, which is a team in of itself, right? These entrepreneurs maybe are are solopreneurs or maybe they have a small team, but maybe you could just tell us a little bit about what that community feels like and being part of that community feels like, because it's it's such a unique thing, I think, for, for First Flight and such an amazing part of the community uh, in the Raleigh-Durham kind of research triangle area. 
Absolutely. So you're you're spot on. I, I feel honored and privileged every day to to walk these halls with all these brilliant, smart people working on really unique science and technology solutions. And um, you know, the number of PhDs that are here, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. But the conversations, yeah, you could be talking to an astrophysicist, somebody else that's working on clean water membranes, somebody else that's flying this new drone, uh, you know, that is, is being worked on under a DOD contract. I mean, just phenomenal opportunities uh, to meet some brilliant people here at, at First Flight. It is truly an honor and, and a privilege. And it's, it is a wonderful community. The folks here are, you know, I, I do think that that is why people are here and why they come back. It's really fun. I've been here, you know, over a year now, uh, but I've met so many people that, you know, are now on their fourth, fifth, sixth venture. And it's like, oh, well, I was here 12 years ago. I was here 10 years ago working on this company. And now I'm working on my fifth venture. Mm -hmm. And um, there's so much heart around First Flight and the folks that have been here. Uh, And so that's really wonderful. So we just want to make sure that we're doing our part to continue to provide that place for community to happen. And that's been challenging, of course, during a pandemic. But we've been able to offer programs like our Founder Roundtable, which is a monthly event for the CEO or the founder or the major major decision maker in that startup company, those resident startup companies here at First Flight to get together and talk through opportunities and challenges with each other. Uh, So it's, it's, you know, that safe place, everyone signs NDAs, Vegas rules, you know, what happens in the roundtable stays in the roundtable, but you can really have those deep, meaningful conversations as you're traversing the the entrepreneurial journey with others who get it, who care, who want to be there to support you. And so I think that's, that's been really helpful, um, especially in light of the pandemic. And then we also have different events, you know, for, for networking. And uh, we, we've got a um, thirsty Thursday uh, event every Thursday, you know, people start showing up around five ish and, you know, people come out of the labs and, uh, it's just, it's wonderful to be able to see people in person, have nice, relaxed conversations, but boy, the the wisdom experience that you get from having these conversations is, is phenomenal. These folks are wonderful. So yeah, we're just trying to encourage more of that. I, I can uh, personally attest to the community aspect of First Flight. That was, um, I, I founded a company in 2019. And one of the first things that I was fortunate to do was attend a first flight conference on SBIR, STTR grants. And I was struck uh-huh. by a lot of the things we've been talking about. The breadth of of wisdom in those halls is, is incredible. And, you know, talking to people that are doing such vastly different things than what I'm building with my company, but we're facing similar challenges in terms of funding and getting the right resources that we need to be successful and understanding our unique business model canvases and you know how do we diagnose and understand our our categories and appeal to our customers and all of the things that every founder regardless of category is trying to do and having first flight there as a resource and a, and a connector is tremendous and to that point Krista I know that you lead a a small but extremely mighty team of really dedicated people who are working to create that infrastructure that we've all experienced in in different ways in different capacities. So like any founder 
working with limited resources to try to maximize value for the customer. How do you think about maximizing the resources of the first flight team to deliver for your customers and and really for this whole ecosystem? Yeah, so we have a small but mighty team, um, and we try to, you know, I, I'd say they they punch well above their weight as far as as their capacity. But I, I think it boils down to everyone is bought into the mission. Uh, everyone here has a very clear focus on who we are serving and why we do what we do, and so. The team is very much invested in the success of the entrepreneurs that we're serving and what it takes to help them get to their next level of success. Uh, And so I'd say, you know, first and foremost, it's all about having a very clear mission (laughs) on who who are we serving and why does it matter? So absolutely, I I agree. I've got an awesome team here and they do a lot of work (laughs) and they wear a lot of hats. And uh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned that we, as we started off that there's there's so many things that First Flight does, right? The, you kind of bucketed them into kind of the categories of kind of having that space and that community piece of it for entrepreneurs, you know, having this exceptional programming in terms of kind of supporting entrepreneurs at different stages of their company, and then also kind of giving them ways to either access funding or kind of build revenue, right? So kind of what does that piece look like? And and how do you and your team kind of prioritize those, you know, juggle the different competing priorities? Obviously, we're all coming out of a very change-oriented year. So, you know, you talk about having a small team, and I think there's a lot of leaders who who are listening to this podcast saying, hey, I have a, I have a smaller team, and we have a lot of big goals too, And we've noticed we had to adjust those. So how do you and your team kind of stay on top of the changing dynamics and and kind of keep prioritizing things and working together through that change to serve your customers? Absolutely. So again, it's it's keeping, you know, the mission focused uh, when we we actually have a a staff meeting every Monday and we go down our top three priorities for the week uh, with each other. So everyone is abreast of, of what's happening, what the priorities are and how we can support each other. So we have a lot of things on the list, but we absolutely take time to prioritize the, the top three. We also have big goals for the year uh, that we break down into three-month goals as well. So if you read Gina Wickman, it's the, it's the rocks. It's the quarterly rocks. Mm. So we look at those um, on a regular basis. And you know, every day is different. <laughs> so we, we do have a, a nimble, flexible team. And so, um, you know, the, the other thing that, that we keep in mind is, you know, we are serving entrepreneurs and we ourselves have to be entrepreneurial, uh, which means, you know, how can we continue to deliver value uh, to those that we're serving? Um, and that might look differently tomorrow than it does today. And so we just have to um, be flexible and go with the flow some days. Yeah, no, Chris, I, I I think that's that's awesome. And I want to pull a couple things out that I heard there um, just to sort of summarize some takeaways that I have, right? One is your commitment to the mission and making sure that everybody on the team has a very clear understanding of what the organizational North Star is, who the customer is, and, and who you're serving. Two is is just from a structural perspective and something that, you know, as I, I think that my team can take away and, and learn from and, and maybe implement in some of our listeners as well is a commitment to prioritization and having thoughtful conversation about, hey, what are our priorities? What are the rocks? And then setting in place a structure that works for your team, meeting on Mondays and talking through what are the th- you know top couple priorities that every person has. Um, and then sort of a, 
uh, spirit of how. And I love what you said, the entrepreneurial spirit and going with the flow and being, you know, able to bend and flex as sort of just a way of operating. So I feel like there are some really relevant lessons for our listeners and even for myself as I look at, you know, my my business and and Teams and Co. and and how to, you know, work really effectively from what you shared. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, keeping everyone uh, first and foremost pointed to the mission. Um, so, you know, we've gone through this exercise with uh, Teams and Co. to go through our strategic planning process. And so um, why that's so important is because we're all aligned the, you know, myself with my board and staff on what our big mission is um, and what our bigger vision is. And so the vision, and I have it written on my whiteboard ahead of me, and we have it, we will have it posted throughout the offices, is the vision is to be a global center of excellence, empowering science innovators to impact positive change. And so if we can always look towards that big vision and um, make decisions on our day-to-day activities using the mission and the uh, values, which our values are entrepreneurship, integrity, inclusion, and collaboration, we, we can make daily decisions. Is this the right thing to do? Am I being inclusive? Am I being entrepreneurial? And so that's how we can all live out um, each day and be flexible because we may have some opportunity come up the next day. And if it's not, if it doesn't fit, we can say no. And we could say no gracefully. We, uh, we, we love that, Krista. And we, you know, I think we, we speak about this a lot when we talk about strategic planning is, is having that plan. You may not follow it to the T every single day, right? Like some things may, sh- there might be shifts, there might be puts, might be takes. But I think you just described it so well, which is the ethos of strategic planning, which is, hey, we have a vision, we have a mission, and we have these values. And they're the the report cards, so to speak, right? Like they're our checklist to say, hey, is this opportunity worthwhile for us? Are we staying true to our mission? Are we are we serving our customers, you know, in the way that, or our members in your case, in the way that we want to? You know, it's a way to kind of, as a leader, get ahead of the game, right? Because you don't have to make every decision in January for the entire year. Right. But it's just saying, hey, there's going to be things that come up. And as they come up, we've got a little bit of a framework that we can check it against, right? And we all feel comfortable saying, yeah, okay. Yeah, we all feel good with this decision because it doesn't meet these four or five criteria. And that's just that's just great to hear. And I think for leaders listening, a good kind of point to resonate with to say, hey, do we have you know, whatever system it is, you mentioned the system that you use around rocks and three months goals, but do we have that process to say we have the plan and then we have a way to check in on that process throughout the year? Our process might not be the same as everybody else's, but do we have a process where we get feedback from our team, where we share feedback with our team, where we're measuring ourselves against, you know, different KPIs and different goals? And that just helps everybody kind of stay in the right direction, right? Absolutely. Becoming a first-time leader is tough. Fortunately, I found Teams Global. Teams Global equips me with the tools that I need to be a great first-time leader at a price I can actually afford. With Teams Global, I can be the leader that my team needs me to be. Teams Global has a special gift for you, the listeners of the Building Teams podcast. Use the code PODCAST10, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1-0 when checking out for any Teams Global course for a 10% discount on your order. Sign up for a course today. Krista, I wanted to talk a little bit about the board at First Flight. 
and working with with you all on the strategic plan, one of the things that struck me was how engaged your board is and what a resource that can be having the the depth of wisdom and experience from such a large and engaged board, but also the challenge that that it presents by having a lot of really successful, highly intelligent people who care so much and who sometimes and oftentimes will have divergent opinions. How do you see your role as the leader in in maximizing the utility of a resource like that while also making sure to eliminate the spin and churn and, and keeping the organization moving forward? Yeah, so I'm very fortunate. We have a great board um, at First Light. And um, we have uh, our chair in particular, uh, Mary Musakia, is um, very engaged. She's got. Uh, she's been very engaged for many years, and so we've we've got the privilege of having so much institutional knowledge as an organization going back. I believe almost, and I don't want to date her, <laughs> but many many years. And so, you know, since she was involved, oh, I think probably at ten years she's been in, involved with First Light, which is wonderful. And so it's great having that wisdom and guidance and expertise and, and friendship. She's just a, she's a friend to First Light. She's, she's a friend to me. And she, she really has a goal. Her, her priorities are in line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that is something unique and very special, I think, that, that, that I definitely enjoy. Um, and then as far as the, 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 I have nine folks on, on my board who are, movers and shakers and change makers in RTP. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful for their expertise and their wisdom. And they have tons of heart around First Flight, its mission, who we're serving. And so I think that is probably the, the, the best thing that I enjoy is the fact that, uh, and, that and that's actually the reason why I came to, to First mm-hmm. Flight. That's, that's why I'm here is because I saw the heart of the board and uh, truly, they they are they care about uh, the triangle. They care about um, our entrepreneurial successes, and um, they do their part. They they chip in uh, whenever they can, whether it's um, advice or feedback or you know uh, going through the strategic planning and joining the committee or financially. And so it's it's really a phenomenal to have that opportunity. And I do have a great board. And I've served on many other boards and some are, <laughs> some leaders are not so lucky. <laughs> That's great. I think it's also a testament to, you know, and I think you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about your experience in Florida. Um, and it sounds like something that you you not only take really seriously, but kind of walk the walk and sort of speaking about your board, but just generally with First Flight. There seems to be a lot of collaboration with other organizations within the triangle area, right? You talk a lot about together we're advancing the triangle. So, it, you know, your team is, you know, your internal team and your community within First Flight, but also this broader ecosystem of other entrepreneurial organizations. And I know you're often kind of speaking around the triangle and involved in a lot of these kind of ESO discussions, but maybe you mm-hmm. could kind of chat a little bit about that and how how you as a leader help build that kind of relationships and how you work with other leaders to say, hey, we are all in this together, right? We all want to support a common mission. And and that seems to be very vibrant in the RTP area. But, uh, you know, you definitely seem to be kind of very involved across the triangle and across the ecosystem. Well, thank you. I, I hope to be and I hope to do my part always. Um, but it, it's, you know, entrepreneurship is not a, a, a solo sport uh, in, in so many ways. It's a team sport. 
uh, where, you know, you're, you're uh, starting a company that's again, you know, being entrepreneurial, right? You, you, you build a team, you have advisors, you have folks that are there to support, support you and, you know, do the rah-rah along the way. And so as we're uh, serving entrepreneurs as ESOs, entrepreneur support organizations, serving our entrepreneurs and our startups, we're so much better together. Uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I've seen, um, you know, folks that compete for entrepreneurs and, and frankly, that's just not the right thing to do. But if we can all align, you know, everyone will have their goals and their, you know, their, they report to boards and, and, and other folks on daily responsibilities and their particular deliverables. But if we can all align under the goal that entrepreneurship is good, it's important. It is creating jobs, creating wealth in the community, building skills, providing layers of economic successes, and we can all get behind that, which most of us can, then what can we do together to support that effort? It's absolutely the rising tide theory, right? The, the rising tide floats all the boats. But when you've got two boats that are crashing into each other and fighting, that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> and so, but if we can work together, and that's that's exactly what we're we're doing now. Uh, we, last year, I was really privileged to meet some wonderful folks from CED and Innovate Raleigh and Raleigh Founded, and we said, you know what? Let's do that here in the triangle. Let's let's work together and support our our community and figure out what the regional challenges and opportunities are and discuss them. Let's just put it out on the table. Um, and so as we're, a lot of us are developing new ways to serve entrepreneurs, whether that's programming or pulling down funding opportunities, it helps us not waste efforts and not waste resources. Because if somebody else, if I've got a friend that has some some resource or some program, I don't have to duplicate. I don't have to use my scarce resources to do something that's already being done, right? Mm -hmm. And so we we get together once a month. We have an ESO luncheon. So it's actually now a, a formed, a functioning group of, of uh, change makers here in, in RTP. And we talk about what are the opportunities? What are the challenges? What can we do together? Hey, what's going on as far as events? Who are the companies we should be celebrating? And we do that together. And it's frankly a lot of fun. And I have made some wonderful friendships here um, in my time. And uh, I think we, we have a lot of opportunity ahead of us if we work together. Whew, Kristen, the passion in that, I think we just need to like <laughs> cut that take and like have that as something that we advertise for first flight because it just it, it's awesome that that was that was that was awesome um, i am absolutely passionate about it collaboration is absolutely at the core of who i am and what we do yeah and i think that passion comes through in in all the conversations that we've had um i think that comes through for the the first flight community would would love to know for our listeners who are getting you know, excited and, and pumped up by this conversation and are looking to help and, and contribute to, to first flight and to supporting the, this ecosystem, um, how can they do so? Great, uh, great question. So um, there's a number of ways that folks here can plug in. So obviously, if, if folks are looking to start a business or they've got some idea for a business, we'd love to help. And if we're not the right folks to help them. Maybe you're developing an app or a bakery. I can point to some of my friends at the ESO network and say, hey, if First Flight is not the right resource, go talk to my friend over here who has this commercial kitchen or, or what have you. Um, so, so that's first and foremost. The second thing is 
you know, there's so much wisdom and expertise and, and folks that have grown their own company or growing their own company. And uh, if they like to give back, we've got a wonderful mentoring program called Navigators. And so that is just some time to meet. We could do virtually. We, pl- we have a wonderful facility um, in RTP with, with the incubator. We'll provide a space for folks to meet with entrepreneurs. Um, so we've got, you know, great companies looking for particular subject matter experts. So that's absolutely a way to, to plug in uh, and give back and feel good that you're, you're doing something to contribute to the next generation of, of entrepreneurial successes. We do lunch and learns all the time. We have lots of programming. So we're always looking for folks that want to help us either. Maybe they want to sponsor a cohort or maybe they want to uh, give a, a, a talk and uh, share their, you know, maybe their patent attorneys, or perhaps, you know, they've got some some specific wisdom that they want to uh, uh, share during lunch. We'd, we'd love for them to to help us out in that way. And um, that's a great way to uh, get involved in the community here at, at First Flight. So listeners to this podcast, go check out First Flight and definitely look for ways to get involved. It's a tremendous organization and I would just strongly encourage anybody out there listening to go do that. And we'll be sure to post the the links to make it really easy to do so in, in the show notes for this podcast. Thank you very much. I think Krista also just kind of thinking about the uniqueness and you've mentioned a couple of them, so don't want to don't want to lose sight of them. But like You know, there's a lot of our listeners who are also larger organizations. And so they might say, hey, yeah, I I would love to be a mentor. But are there other ways that that we can get involved? And and does that, you know, is that more of like a hangar six with the prototyping? Or are there other programs when you talk about programs at every life stage? Are are there ways that, you know, you guys tend to support, you know, later stage companies who say, hey, you know, we've got that initial business plan. Maybe we have our first customer, but we're now looking to really grow. And and we're in that later stage of our entrepreneurial journey. What does that look like in terms of in terms of first flight programming? Or is that kind of one of those spaces that you say, hey, maybe we recommend folks to, to other places, but but what does that conversation tend to look like with with growing or or larger organizations? Yeah, absolutely. So there are a number of ways for uh, later stage companies um, to get involved with us and and hopefully to provide resources as well, including you're you're exactly right. Hangar Six is a fantastic resource. We've got large corporate enterprise level organizations that need a place for engineers or some of their folks to prototype to fail. We've got wonderful equipment and we've got wonderful folks at at Hangar Six to uh, help help folks w- through the iterative design process, right? So it's like, I want to create this widget. Uh, Well, it might take five or six iterations to actually get to a working widget. And uh, so we've got, you know, great resources there. And a a number of our our, our corporate partners and friends um, send their uh, engineers uh, to Hangar 6 for for that purpose, uh, for that safe place to fail. Uh, we also have an opportunity with organizations that are focused on health security threats. Uh, so solving big problems like sepsis or vaccines for pandemics uh, with our BARDA Drive program. So we're one of 13 BARDA accelerators and BARDA is, is looking to access technology and science um, to help combat health security threats. And, and so usually those are later stage companies and so um, with, with later TRL levels. And so that's absolutely focused on later stage companies. 
And I would say, you know, our roundtables too provide um, that's CEO level peer-to-peer mentoring. And so that's another opportunity for some of the later stage companies uh, to participate um, with some of the offerings we have here at, at First Flight. Um, so I guess, Krista, I think there's so many exciting things. And and as Mike said before, obviously your passion for the entrepreneurial um, ecosystem is is so evident. But what are some of the challenges that you're seeing? I think we we often as leaders and in podcasts, we get kind of stuck in this fun place of talking about all the successes and all of the, you know, the the really exciting things. But the reality is, is obviously you're a leader of an organization. We're all leading organizations right now that are going through massive change. So as you kind of look to the next six months, how are you as a leader preparing yourself and preparing your team to say, hey, you know what, there there may be some challenges ahead and here's how we're going to kind of face them. And, and not in the nitty gritty, we, we understand that you can't share all of your uh, all of your ideas with us, but what are some of the ways as a leader you're thinking about kind of just building that resiliency as an organization and, and preparing for some of those challenges that we might we might all be you know facing in uh, in the future? Yeah, so definitely always thinking ahead. You know, worst case, uh, best case scenario, uh, and and absolutely managing uh, the budget is, is important. Um, and so as a leader of a nonprofit, um, that that's absolutely top of mind for me is how do we diversify um, our revenue? Um, you know, we sustain our operations mainly through the rent, which is low cost offices and labs, uh, which are important to our startup community, uh, but also to the sustainability of our of our operation. Uh, but we rely heavily also on donors, sponsors. Uh, we do have some grants, uh, not as a uh, sustainability, but as icing on the cake. And so, you know, funding is absolutely paramount uh, as a nonprofit leader. Uh, we want to be thinking as a for-profit uh, in that regards. And of course, there's a lot of noise in the ecosystem, the greater ecosystem. And, and what I mean from that is, you know, there's a entrepreneurship is uh, somewhat trendy, which I think is a good thing. Um, I, I think there's... Um, there's been a lot of startup champions behind the scenes working to promote entrepreneurship and why that's so important for communities. Um, but there are some folks out there that don't have the right heart and don't have the right goal in mind. You know, it's more of a, a self-serving, uh, hey, I'm going to start this program to help entrepreneurs or coach entrepreneurs. And, and uh, it, you know, there, there's just a lot of noise. And so how do you um, make show your relevance, your expertise, your credentials uh, among the among the noise sometimes. Uh, so we we do see that as a challenge. And again, I, I want to be careful with that because I think the promotion of of entrepreneurship and and different entrepreneurial resources like incubators, accelerators, funds, that's all great. That's all wonderful. But you have to be selective on 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 who you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I also again think it's important to have an ESO community. So there's accountability. Uh, the bad actors come into a network and then quickly run out because they know that they've been found out. <laughs> and so sure. that's, that's something else that, that, you know, is important as well. And then, you know, for first flight specifically, we're, we're looking at how can we continue to, to serve even more um, entrepreneurs in the future? And so what does that mean for us? Does that mean in, in increasing our footprint um, to offer, you know, a, a, a 
a stable offering is our labs and our, our offices for folks. Uh, we're at capacity right now. Um, and so the only time that we have an office or a lab available is when, and that's a good thing, when we have somebody graduate, right? And so, so that's absolutely the goal, but boy, what, what could we do if we had additional space? And so those are some of the, the things that um, I'm thinking about, our board is thinking about as well. Um, it could be a challenge, but I think it's definitely an opportunity. Krista, what, um, what advice would you give to somebody who's considering taking the plunge into entrepreneurship to be a founder? I think we, we've hit on a lot of things, right? The, the value of community and leveraging resources like First Flight and ESO Networks, some of the, you know, maybe dangers of more self-serving organizations that might not have the same qualifications, but it is a fascinating, wonderful, scary and exhilarating plunge taking the step from maybe a more stable corporate background, maybe coming straight out of school or a university background. There's so many paths that can lead to entrepreneurship, but I think there's, I'm sure some universal wisdom that you can share to help anybody that's considering making that plunge. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say, you know, if you're really passionate about solving a particular problem, uh, that that's a big key. Um, if you have a market, that's also key. Sometimes we have wonderful problems to solve and things that we're passionate about, but sometimes it's a hobby and not necessarily a business. And so that can be pretty tough to figure out early on, but it's better to figure it out as soon as possible before spending a lot of time, effort, and energy on an idea that is really a hobby. The other thing is, uh, you know, having the aspirations for, you know, solving problems and, and creating a business and uh, it is, uh, it could be helpful to go through a pre-incubation, a pre-acceleration program. Uh, we have one called Propeller and the idea is that you have that validation early on, again, before spending the time, effort, and energy, and resources, and blood, sweat, and tears, and all you know that, that it entails to start a company in some cases. Yeah. Um, and you can get that validation um, uh, through coaching and programming and tools. So again, it's, it's understanding what it takes uh, to, to grow a business and to... to um, well, to really start it and then to grow the business. Uh, another, you know, something that I would share is talk to entrepreneurs. Uh, be in an entrepreneurial community for a while. Uh, see if if you like the the energy, if you like the brainstorming, if you like the risk taking, because it is risky. Uh, you're risking your time. Um, you're risking your science or technology. Sometimes, you, in in order to to grow a business, you have to talk about it. So that can be scary and risky. You know, you'll you'll be challenged a lot. Uh, are you okay with conflict? Are you okay with people telling you no? Are you okay with tell you know people telling you oh your idea is terrible and keep going <laughs> because you've got validation right, right. somewhere else? Uh, and so it's it's a tough journey, but and it's not for the faint of heart. But boy, it can be so rewarding on the other end. Truly, I believe that entrepreneurs are are the lifeblood of this of this country of this of this community uh, locally as well. Where we, you know, new business starts are so important. Creating jobs are so important. Solving big problems for humanity so important, right? And uh, it takes entrepreneurs. It takes the risk takers. It takes those people that are okay to move the needle forward and to push the ball and push against all odds to to make the good happen. 
again, it's, it's really um, doing a lot of self-reflection, talking to others on the entrepreneurial journey, doing your research as far as what your market may be for your idea, uh, for your product or service, and then go from there. Yeah. I would just underscore a lot of those points and also just the the tools that Krista mentions for any of our listeners that are considering taking that plunge. There's There are tried and true true ways to position yourself for success. So taking advantage of opportunities like Propeller and taking advantage of some of the tools and resources to, you know, if you're a, a founder considering starting a business to ascertain, is this a hobby or or is there a real market? And making sure that you have validation to, yes, take a risk, but take a calculated risk and take one where you have done the due diligence to put yourself in the best position to succeed. And, and that's one of the really cool things that I truly believe First Flight offers in in the community here locally and in the triangle, but also more broadly. Um, for any entrepreneur, I would say, make sure to find community because it, it can be a, a lonely ride with that one. And say, Krista, it's been it's been great having you. I and mean, we can't thank you enough for joining us for for the Building Teams podcast. It's it's so nice to be able to hear about kind of different ways people are building teams and building communities. And and we've been having a lot of requests around diving deeper into specific types of companies and specific types of teams. And I think First Flight just gives us a really great example of a of a nonprofit team that's doing a lot of great things um, and doing so in a way that's really supporting a broader team, right? That that full RTP kind of entrepreneurial ecosystem. So thank you for coming and joining us and, and sharing all of your insights on on what it means to be a, a partner within that entrepreneurial community, but also what it means to be a leader within that community and appreciate you sharing that that experience with us and our listeners. Thank you so much. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. So hopefully someone can take something from this. Thank you for everybody who's tuning in. If you, again, like to Mike's point, if you want to learn more about First Flight, we will share all of their contact information in our show notes. You can check this podcast out um, on YouTube as well. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. um, And we look forward to seeing you next week. So thanks, everybody. Take care. You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice.